Hey everyone, here is how dates with Kate are going to work. I don't know if that's going to stick or not, but when it is just me and you on the podcast, they are going to be 30 minute or less practical, attainable hospitality skills. Now we always hope that comes out of our conversations, but these are going to be very specific, very pointed, and hopefully very, very helpful for you. So today we are going to talk about the topic of Letting your guests bring food. This is something that makes hosts, uh, some hosts, very itchy. Some people think it's not something that's socially acceptable, and it could feel like an awkward dance trying to have the conversation going back and forth and what that even looks like. So we are going to break this down today on this date with Kate. I just keep saying it to see if it works, but (laughs) regardless, we are going to dive in, and I think it is going to be very helpful for you. Welcome to Making Room, a podcast by Gather Intentional Living and Everyday Hospitality. Listen, we understand that the way that our culture often portrays hospitality is unattainable, and sometimes even just the thought of opening your door is crippling. Join us in the pursuit to bringing beauty, meaning, and celebration back to the everyday gathering. Go ahead, take your seat. We saved one just for you. Okay, okay. I think this is going to be a good conversation. Anytime we have even um, alluded to this conversation on our social platforms, it's always gotten a lot of um, traction and just interaction. And so I think it's something that you guys are wondering about um, and trying to navigate yourself. So letting your guests bring food. Um, You have probably been in one of two situations or maybe even both. You might have been a host that either financially feels like you can't feed a whole crowd or time and commitment wise feels like you want to have people over, but maybe it's just a little bit too much for you to prepare in that situation. You might have also been a guest where you go to a gathering and the host and you say, I would love to bring some food. And they say, no, no, no. I have my whole menu planned out. I'm going to provide everything. And it ends there. Now, you may have also been in that situation with young kids and you're trying to think, oh my gosh, what are my kids going to eat? Or maybe you're someone with dietary needs and you're like, I really was hoping that they were going to say that I could bring something because it's very hard for me to navigate the table. So somewhere along the line in hospitality, hosts started to believe that if you invite people into your house, you have to provide them with everything. Now, listen, there are some situations where that probably is the case. Let's talk like a formal gala. You're at a big work event. There's a gala. Okay, that is going to be a full service dinner. It is not expected for you to um, bring something. I would say that there is a cultural expectation that you wouldn't show up to a hotel ballroom with a potato salad, you know? Um, however, when we break it down to our homes and we're talking about like the everyday family, the everyday host, um, it is a lot. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I think it's a beautiful thing when people have the means to be able to throw gatherings and just like bless people and just, um, have really incredible, like an incredible food spread. That's also, that's always something that's really exciting to me. (laughs) But I think that the reality for most of us is what we talked about earlier, either the overwhelm of the time commitment of preparing everything or the financial means, those things get in the way. So for many of us, if we stop here just for a second and are real with ourselves, 
This keeps us from hospitality because we have these hopes, we have these dreams, we have this like itch in our heart to kind of fill our table and to really um, ignite relationship, right? But this stops us. So um, when I um, started having a few friends over, I talked about this in the last episode, I'll be totally transparent. It was a very difficult financial season (laughs) and I was not able to have all these people over, even though I knew it was important and I wanted to and needed to, I could not feed them. Okay. So I maybe could have had a bowl out or, you know, I think what I did is I made one charcuterie tray, like one dessert tray. So I, the way that I worded it in this, um, event was, Hey guys, you know, I would love to have you guys over. I will provide the dessert. Does everyone want to bring an appetizer or, you know, something like that? I can't remember exactly how like the first time went down. And I put this model into effect because I found, like, I continued it kind of because I saw that people had a lot of fun with it and that they were also really proud. I wasn't really conscious of what was happening through <laughs> through all of this. I think it just kind of was a natural overflow of the situation. But I had a friend come to me after who was a part of all these gatherings, and she was like, Katie, I didn't know that it was okay for you to ask people to bring bring things to your gathering. I thought you had to do it. And I think she kind of continued to say like it was a stumbling block for her because she felt like, you know, you had to wait until you have the money or the confidence or like um, all the time, all these things. And when I heard her say that, I was like, wow, I think that that's something a lot of people really struggle with. And what I saw in this situation was it wasn't just okay. People loved the gathering. They were super proud of what they brought. They were very eager and excited to bring things. And I just want to give one more example of how this all came to light for me. I um, was at someone's house and they were talking about the holidays and they were saying, yeah, so-and-so wants to bring something, but I'm not letting them because I have my whole meal planned and I like this and this and this and this and this. And I think that we are all tempted to kind of go there, right? Like I think, especially for us like foodies and hosts, we love to have all of those details perfectly crafted and kind of have, if we're honest, (laughs) control of the situation, control of the table. And so it is very hard to let go, but I have been the person on the other side that's asking, can I bring something? Because I knew that what I was going to bring would make me feel more comfortable, and the host said no. So what does that mean? That means that the person that wants to bring something ends up maybe a little bit uneasy, maybe hesitant for the gathering. Food is so much more... Um, Then just like a quick eat and go, right, at a gathering, food is the glue to the gathering. So it is very important, as we're going to dive in, to just be aware of the emotions behind all of this and the ways that we could share the responsibility and also ease up on some of our control. I'm talking about about myself too here, so I'm not pointing fingers, Um, but do it in a way that maybe could still even keep a theme. Okay, so let's go through this. Um, I could talk about this all day. I could talk about anything all day, but (laughs) okay. So we are going to break this down into five different points um, that cover a range of situations. And the first one that we've touched on a little bit is 
Okay, so all of this is under the category of why you should let them bring food. Five different things. First one is you cannot do it all. You can't. If you are someone that's wondering, how do I get out of the kitchen um, when my guests are here? How do I spend more time with them? How can I take care of my family and balance this, that, and the other thing? By sharing responsibility. That's how you do it. Nobody is expecting you to do every single thing spot on so well. Um, And the chances are you probably enjoy doing all of it. You probably enjoy making food and, you know, spending time with your family, all of those things, your job. But the way that you do it without that kind of tipping the scale is by sharing the load, okay? And so one of the reasons to let them bring food is so that you are the best host that you can be. The reason you should let them bring food is because you deserve to sit at the table. You do not need to be slaving away over everything um, your guests want you there. Okay, so that's kind of easy, succinct, hopefully something that you could really um, really relate to because there's you could still enjoy it, but also while passing some things off. Um, And then I guess I'll just touch on financial. Like I said, I was in a situation, it killed me. It was super, super hard to not be able to uh, make a full spread. If I would have, we would not have been in a very good place. You know what I mean? And so you can't, you know, some of you listening and maybe in another season of life, like you can't even do it all financially, but that shouldn't be what stops us from gathering. And I think that that's a really common misconception that hosting is expensive, so we don't do it. So you can't do it all kind of like responsibility-wise. Many of us are in the situation where we can't do it all financially. And both of those things are totally okay. And I'm just going to say it right here. It is a totally acceptable cultural norm for you to ask because the other side of these things make you a very healthy, happy host. Now, number two, it makes people feel comfortable when you let them bring food. I want you to picture a gathering that looks a little bit like this. You come to an event, the host asks you to take a seat. From that point on, you don't know where the bathroom is necessarily, you don't know where to get yourself a drink, you don't know what's going to be served on the table, if you even like it. You don't know the order of events. Now, this is very common. I think that hosts often think, I am just going to serve, 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 serve you. However, what that can do is when there's not a lot of ways for a guest to interact at a gathering, is they start to feel a little stuck, okay? Almost like a prisoner to their chair. (laughs) Like, where do I go? What do I do here? And Priya Parker has an awesome, awesome book called The Art of Gathering that talks more about the intricate details of that particular situation. But for me, if someone is coming to an event and they're, maybe it's a new relationship or they've never been to your house, allowing them to bring food makes them feel comfortable because they at least have some kind of ownership and some kind of familiarity (laughs) of the many details of a gathering. We know this guy. Sometimes the table is a little bit of an uncomfortable place, especially when you're just getting to know someone. And food is one of those things that people connect to. Um, Yeah, that just makes them feel a little bit more 
at ease. Also, I think many of us are this way. You just want to feel like you can contribute, offer help, thank the host, all of those things. And letting your guests bring food allows them to show you appreciation. Not letting them do that robs them of that, you know? There's something about generosity that goes so far with with so many of us. Now, on the other side of making people feel comfortable with, you know, just talking about comfort here, (laughs) is that of dietary needs. So, (laughs) oh boy, we were getting ready to go to... um, uh, our team leader's house in Thailand, and they're awesome. They're really good friends, and we laugh about this now. But they were like, listen, just come over. You guys have been working hard. I don't want you to make anything. And so I was like, oh, okay, it's going to be so nice. And I have um, a gluten and dairy allergy. I avoid it almost, yeah, all the time. <laughs> a little cheese here and there. But um, we sat at the table, and they put down a lasagna. And I was saying to myself, I was like, okay, Katie, okay, okay. Maybe there's something else. Maybe there's going to be a side salad. (laughs) I sat there. The only thing on the table was lasagna. The only thing. I could not eat it (laughs) at all. I couldn't eat dinner. And so usually someone gluten-free will at least take this salad. But I was like, guys, I'm really, I'll be so sick. I can't do this. Um, And so in that situation, you know, they told us not to make anything, and we, it was actually a little bit refreshing for us that night um, to not have to cook. But if you could picture someone coming to your house, especially if you know that they have a dairy or like a dietary restriction, and they say, can I bring something? Please, 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 please say yes, okay? Because um, from that point on, I have made the mistake of just going along with it a few times, And there was even a time a few years ago at a 4th of July party where um, the host said, hey, don't worry, Katie, don't worry, there's going to be chicken. And I came and it was breaded chicken. It was breaded chicken. I couldn't even eat it. And so um, I think it is wonderful when hosts are aware of dietary needs. Often I understand it's totally overwhelming and not something that they're comfortable with. And so by letting me, by letting your guest bring something, it allows them to feel just a little bit more comfortable at your table. Um, Even if you are someone that's trying super hard to accommodate these needs, I'm sure they'll eat your wonderful food. Um, But there is, yeah, there is a level of fear that people with um, especially allergies have because it is an incredibly isolating and uncomfortable experience for them to be sitting at a table when they literally can't touch a thing. They don't want to offend you. It's just the reality of the, uh, you know, the season they're in and what they're facing. So that is another soapbox I can go off on, but I think we get that there. And another way, kind of all under this category of making people feel comfortable at your table, people with kids. We have to consider people with kids. Um, like when our guests are asking, can I bring something or whatever. Now, um, I think of us when I was growing up, um, lots of different ways I could take this, but we didn't really have like a broad palate. Okay. So my sisters and I ate kind of like a limited range of foods. We didn't really eat out a lot. We weren't really like trying new things a lot. And so we were very comfortable or most comfortable with like a few of our staples. And this is also true for, I think like families with picky eaters. Like sometimes, even though we wish it was different, kids will only eat certain items or limited things. Um, And so 
I remember we would go to people's houses and my mom would say, you know, can I please bring mac and cheese? And a lot of times people would say no. And my sisters and I just wouldn't eat. And I know, I know there's a parenting conversation or a family conversation or an eating conversation that can happen there. (laughs) But the reality of the situation was we were kids that didn't eat like a broad range of things. And a thing of mac and cheese would have made us super comfortable. So, um... One way around this, of course, is you can ask a parent, well, let me make something your kids would enjoy, and that's very thoughtful. Or you could just let the mom bring what she knows her kids love, put it on the table, and guess what? The whole family is now very thrilled. (laughs) So what does it look like when you have some kind of themed event? Okay, so I'm talking maybe... um, a little kid's birthday party where you're doing like color themed food. And hey, I'm all about that. So I'm not judging you. (laughs) Um, Or maybe you're doing 4th of July where you just really want like Americana barbecue or an Italian dinner. You guys know this could go a hundred different directions when you're planning themes or specific holidays, Thanksgiving, Easter. Here is what I've learned when you as the host would like to... um, like to, uh, got sidetracked for a second, but hey, here we are, (laughs) would like to have some kind of order and structure with the event, but still let people bring them for one, bring food for one reason or another. What I've learned to do is kind of um, map out your dinner or the event that you um, are like the like side dishes and things like that. So say for example, um, I'm doing, I just always default to Italian. It's what I know best, but Say I really want to give my guests an Italian dinner. Um, I would say, okay, well, I know I'm making chicken piccata. And so with that, I really would love to have some kind of potato side and maybe a tossed salad. Um, And then maybe like something chocolatey for dessert, okay? So I would write that out with what I know I'm making, but then also what I'm willing to pass off in a specific category. So I could tell my guests for a small dinner, I'd love for you to bring something I need a potato side. How about you bring some kind of potato? Or uh, we need a tossed salad. That would go great with dinner. Would you mind bringing a tossed salad? Um, What happens sometimes when we let guests bring uh, just whatever they want without some kind of structure is that's when you get in the situation where you could have 500 brownies and... (laughs) You know, 10 people bringing hamburger rolls, but no meat or things like that. Um, Another way to assign it is um, if you're not focusing specifically on a certain type of cuisine, is you could say, okay, like at this particular event, we need three main dishes, three side dishes, um, like three fresh produce salads. And then you would have people sign up with what maybe they're most comfortable bringing And so then it gives them a little bit of freedom, but also make sure that you don't end up with with too much food, right? I think that's pretty fair and pretty easy to understand. I also wanted to circle around um, to the the topic of cultural background. So, (laughs) oh, this story makes me cringe. So um, Colby had a super, super close Thai friend when we were in Thailand, Thai native. Um, They didn't speak any English. They didn't really have a lot of um, contact with like Americans or like Western culture. And he said like, listen, this couple has been like so sweet and generous to me. Could we have them over for dinner? I was like, yeah, of course. And he asked them what they wanted to eat. And they said, 
um, American food. And they said, do you want me to bring anything? And I said, no. <laughs> and so I made a, um, oh my gosh, like a penne alfredo with broccoli. And I was like, okay, that's simple. Like that's what like an American kid would eat, you know? And they took one bite and they were, they were so dang polite, <laughs> but they took one bite. I think they just like kept it in their cheek and they didn't even swallow it. And for the rest of the night, they didn't have one more bite of dinner. Now, let me tell you something. There is no cheese in the Thai cuisine, um, no pasta, um, very little vegetable. Like in it, everything about it was something that they were not comfortable with. Uh, food-wise, flavor-wise, and that's so real. And I was thinking, I was like, if I just let them bring one dish from their culture that they were comfortable eating, they could have at least resorted to that, like, if it didn't work. What I love about cultural dishes, too, is say you are someone in a very, like, international community, you're meeting new people from different, like, heritage, you know, cultural backgrounds. I think that there is nothing sweeter and no better way than to learn about them, like, through food. So if you have someone, um, you know, that's either living away from home or just identify strong with their culture, say, yeah, bring something that you're comfortable with. Like, I'd love to taste something that you always tell me about. Um, and then the other thing is when they bring it to your table, even if the story is flipped and you feel more like my Thai friends than us, <laughs> um, just ask questions about them. Even if you don't try it, let them tell you about the dish. Let them explain stories that surround it. I think it's a really cool segue uh, to get to know people better. And that flexibility at your table just, yeah, allows that deeper dynamic and that stronger sense of belonging to happen. So letting them bring food. Um, ep this episode's short and sweet, but hopefully you feel maybe a little bit more empowered, kind of like my friend that first time when she was like, wow, I didn't even know that this was something that you're able to do. I hope that today you feel permission to do that and that you should not be bound by the amount of time that you have or the amount of financial resources. You should be able to gather today despite both of those things, um, with the freedom to ask your guests to bring food. Um, I just, <laughs> it's one of those small things, but it could go so far for so many of us. So you can't do it all, guys. No one is expecting you to do it all. Um, in fact, it might even make your guests uncomfortable if you try to do it all. So our goal, just to recap, is to make people feel comfortable by allowing them to contribute um, something to the event, allowing them to have a generous spirit, allowing them to have something on the table that they feel comfortable with, especially with dietary needs in mind and kids, and to celebrate cultural backgrounds and um, our various experiences. People are so interesting and food has so many stories to tell. So like we said, sometimes this doesn't work. If one of you shows up to a gala with a potato salad, <laughs> I actually um, might love it if you told me that happened. But no, <laughs> no, sometimes it doesn't work. Um, but a lot of times it does. And so be someone that asks how you can help. Be the host that lets people help. And let's gather more often, hopefully with this in mind. Love you guys. Make sure to chime in on Instagram at Gather Intentional Living with your thoughts. We will have a post 
about this specific episode. And if you loved this episode, be sure to leave a review and to share it with those in your community. See you next week, guys. Have you ever felt that if only I could get a home makeover, I would feel so much more comfortable in my space? Well, listen, I have felt that way too, and I might just have the answer for you. If you are from Connecticut, Coastal Concepts Connecticut would love to work with you. Everything from wood flooring to window treatments and everything in between, they are sure to bring you the upgrade and the beauty that you are looking for to transform your space. Their goal is to offer customers with the best products, unrivaled customer support, attention to detail, and all at the best price. Guys, it is all from the comfort of your own home. Listen, if you are interested in reaching out or even calling to ask them a few questions, make sure to let them know that you heard about them from Making Room Podcast by Gather Intentional Living. Do you want to learn more? You could find them at Coastal Concepts Connecticut dot com or on Instagram at Coastal Concepts CT.